Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. We kind of been talking about the end times uh, last week and then uh, this week, so a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and so many questions are being asked about you know the end times, and if you go to church I'm sure you've been asked, or someone will ask you, once they find out you go to church, about what it all is going on in the world today and stuff like that. So I've, I thought I'd take a couple of weeks and and uh, jump into it. I used to love, love, love this topic. I still do. I mean, I love the Word of God. Uh, but, uh, you know, you serve the Lord for a while, you kind of, uh, you love it all. But end times used to be one of the things I studied a lot, a lot. It's really good. It's... Um, and it's actually encouraging. When you study the end times, the Bible says it's encouraging. It's uh, hopeful. It's comforting. It's not scary. The only, only reason why it's scary is if you don't know Jesus. <laughs> then, then it's to motivate you to get to know Jesus. Because if you've got breath in your body, you, you and I have been given another day, which we learned Sunday, excellent message by Kavar, wasn't it, on time? Learn that every day that God has given us is another opportunity for him to win our hearts to him. Think about that. The God of the universe loves each and every one of us so much that every single day he tries all day to get us to, to turn to him. And the Bible says that his long suffering, he's, he's a patient God. God is patient and he has taken his time in sending Jesus back because not everybody is ready. Not everybody is a believer, and God does not want anybody to perish. Uh, he doesn't send nobody to hell. God does not send anybody to hell. In fact, he only designed and created hell for Satan, the source of evil, and his devils. He didn't create it for human beings. He created heaven for you and for me. But unfortunately, those of us who reject, not us, because I'm not one of them, that reject Jesus Christ, go to the only other place, and that is Actually, people that reject Jesus Christ, they get what they want all of their life. They get what they want. Amen. She's fine. Um, think about it. People that don't want Jesus, when they die, guess what? They're not going to have Jesus for all eternity. They're going to get what they want. That's really what separation from God is all about. It's not very good, though. But every day, God gives us a chance because he doesn't want any of us to perish. So I'm going to tackle, last week was the signs of the times over in Matthew 24. You can go to Matthew 24, but i got a lot of scripture tonight. So if you really want to learn about the rapture of the church, that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Get out a pen and paper. I'll give you 30 seconds to run to the Welcome Center if you want to grab a piece of paper. I'm sure there's something there or something because you are going to want to write this stuff down. I don't talk about it a whole lot, um, but the Bible has a lot to say about it. So in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is asked three questions, remember? Uh, when will this begin? When is the temple going to be destroyed? What will be the signs of your coming? And when will the end of time or end of earth come? Do you know actually NASA has on its website the end of the world? <laughs> it does. It has a timetable of when the sun will be so cl close to the earth that there will be no life on earth. Go to NASA's website and check it out. It's, it's actually there. They say it's a long, long, long time. We don't know, but um, there is an end. Every religion of the world, from Islam to Hinduism, every religion of the world teaches of some sort of an end-time uh, teaching, okay? Every religion of the world. Um, so we look into the Word of God because we trust the Bible. It's been proven, and that is our Bible. That's where we look for answers. And the Bible does talk about it. The Bible talks about uh, what it will look like when these days come to an end. Uh, you can write this down. Uh, the bad gets worse, and the good gets better, and Jesus is coming. <laughs> Write that down. The bad gets worse, the good gets better, and Jesus is coming. That's kind of like the end times theme. Bad things are going to continue to happen. I uh, talked last week on the signs. There were many signs that Jesus predicted before the return, his return. There would be many signs. One of them was earthquakes and all of this. And I told you that the closer we get to the return of the Lord, it's like birth pains. Remember Jesus said it's like birth pains uh, of a woman. When she gets close to deliver the child, the birth pains come more frequent. 
and they're more stronger. Jesus says the signs of the times have been happening for hundreds of years and 2,000 years since Jesus left. We've had earthquakes, we've had diseases, we've had wars, we've had all that. But Jesus says as we get closer to his return, it's like the labor pains of a mother getting ready to deliver. They'll be more frequent and more severe. And we've been living in the last seven years, if you go back and look at what's been going on on our planet, from blood moons coming on the, on the Jewish feast festivals, all four of them, to just all kinds of crazy things. Earthquake. There was an earthquake this morning in Japan, 7.5. Did you guys hear about that? Which is triggering a, a, a tsunami. Uh, they don't, it, it's just over and over and over again. I mean, I mean it's, it's almost like, wow. So Jesus said, those are just the beginning of sorrows. Don't panic. Don't freak out. The Bible says that stuff is going to happen because we are drawing nearer to the return of the Lord Jesus. Bad things get worse. Good things get better. What is that? Good things get better. That means there are also going to be people turning to God during this season. Uh, you probably have seen it where people are curious to know about God in the Bible and things like that. Uh, the things that's going on in Ukraine, war and the COVID and everything like that, man, it's been rough. It's been tough. So uh, many are turning to the Lord. There are many are asking uh, for help. They're asking for what is some sense, someone to make some sense out of all of this. And there's where the Christian faith comes in, and we talk about it. So that's in Matthew 24. And tonight I'm going to dive into, as I said, the topic of the rapture. I'm going to answer three questions. You can write them down. Number one, what is the rapture? Number two, when will it happen? Because I have the exact day. I read it out of a book in the 80s. That was 80 reasons why Jesus was coming. Does anybody remember that? And the last question, why the rapture? Why? Why did God, why is God going to send Jesus back? Why do we have a rapture? So I'm going to try to answer all three of them. A lot of scriptures, we're going to take our time go through them. Try to make sense a little bit of what's happening today. I'm going to give you my opinion, what I believe, based on the word of God, what's going on in Ukraine. We do need to pray. I put it on Facebook today to pray for Biden. That went over well. Amen. Come on. We're told to pray for our president, guys. We know that, right? Whether we like him or not, whoever's in office. When Peter, the apostle, wrote, honor the king in his epistle, he told the Christian people, to respect the authority and to honor the king. Do you know that was King Herod? That was the king that was killing Christians. And Peter still said to honor him. You don't do what he does. You don't agree with everything he does. But you honor him and you pray for him because he sits in a, in a position of authority. And Romans 13 says all authority is from God. And if we would honor authority, God actually says there's a blessing in for it. Plus, it keeps our blood pressure down because when you scream at that TV, they don't hear you on the other side. Okay, I know. How many's found that out? Amen. Yeah, they get you so mad when you watch some of the decisions being made by our, our leaders of our government and our, our, our world. I know I get it. But President Biden and the administration and our world leaders right now are making some major decisions that, you know what, guys, it's going to affect all of us in the near future. It really is. So let's pray that they use some wisdom uh, Putin, I don't know what's going on in his mind. Uh, I don't think he's dumb enough to attack America. But then again, he, he you never know what's going through that guy's mind. But what he is going to say is an act of war. But we do need to be praying. These are very unsettling times. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what I think is going on with that. So let's dive in. The first question is, what is the rapture? Uh, let's go to First Thessalonians. Here's one of the clearest classical scriptures about... The rapture of the church. It's in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 through 18. I memorized this years ago. For I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, a city that's there right now. If you watch on Wednesday nights, The Amazing Race, Melinda and I is one of our favorite movies, I'll just tell you. Last week, the finale was in Thessalonica, and uh, that's right where this was written. In case you're ever on Jeopardy and you need to know that, that's, that's that answer right there. So, it's a church that was in Thessalonica, and he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, verse 13, concer concerning those who have fallen asleep. That's another term that Paul used to refer to death. He referred to it as sleep. I'm not going to, there's a lot of 
teachings out there, it's because your body is sleep. Your soul and spirit is your inner man. You are with God. You are body, soul, and spirit. We know that, right? You are spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. When you die, your body would, if I died of a heart attack right now, please not yet, Lord. But if I did, my body would hit the ground. My inner man, which is my soul and spirit, soul and spirit is your inner man. It is eternal. It goes instantly into the presence of God. You guys will put my body in a coffin, say some nice things, hopefully, then eat some potato salad and go home. That's usually what happens. My spirit and soul is my inner man, is in the presence of God. The Bible says it this way. Your outer man is perishing day by day. How many would say, yep. Bible says that your body, our outer man, is perishing every day, but our inner man is being renewed day by day. The more we read the Bible, the more we lean into God, your spirit man gets stronger to resist temptation, to live by faith. That's your inner man. It goes right into the presence of God. So Paul referred to the body being as sleep when he uses the term sleep. Then he says, I don't want you to be sad for those that have fallen asleep. Let's use sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe, and there's the key word, if we believe, if you're a believer, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him, Jesus, those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be. So therefore comfort one another with these words. That is the rapture of the church right there. So what is it if you're taking notes? It's the event when Jesus descends from heaven to collect his people. It is the event when Jesus descends from heaven to collect his people, bringing an end to the church age and ushering in the tribulation period. It is the event when Jesus descends from heaven to collect his people, bringing an end to the church age and ushering in the tribulation period. This is called pre-trib eschatology theology. This is for those of us that believe that we're going to go before the tribulation, that the Lord's going to return. To keep my credentials with the Assemblies of God, I must say I agree. No, I'm just kidding. That's old-fashioned Pentecostal pre-trib means that we're going to come before it really gets bad. There are others that believe we will go halfway through the seven years, so three and a half years into it getting even worse, then the rapture is going to happen. Those folks are called mid-trib. And then there are some, I only knew one, Pastor Earl Brown, who was very blankly in obey. He, he, he believed in post-trib. That's when folks believe they will be here to the end of time. Have you read Revelation? <laughs> and then Jesus comes. Those are, you can have it. Amen. God bless you. I hope that ain't true. That's all I want to say because it gets really bad according to the Bible. So pre-trip. It's the event when Jesus descends from heaven to collect his people and he brings an end to the church age. This stuff we do uh, is over. And ushering in the tribulation, life on planet earth will change forever after the event of the rapture. Well, the word rapture is not in the Bible, Pastor Eddie. No, it's not. It's the Greek word, uh, if you look at caught up, then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Everybody see that? Caught up. That is a Greek word that's the, the Latin word rapuro, R-A-P-U-R-O. There's where we get the English word rapture. And it actually appears in the Latin Bible. So the Latin Bible does have it. It means to seize hastily and to snatch away. You, you'll see in another scripture uh, he breaks it down even more. So Paul is writing to the Thessalonians, and he said, this is how it's going to turn out. For the Lord himself, Jesus Christ, is going to return to earth. He's going to be in the heavens, and he's going to return with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Those bodies that are scattered throughout planet Earth, blown up in bombs, drowned by the sea, the sea will give up. It, people have been cremated, people have been exploded, however it's going to be. God created the heavens and the earth with the power of his voice. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He created that big, beautiful sky when you look out there. This is, he's the only one, as I've always said, that can unscramble a scrambled egg. He is, this is not difficult for God. Paul, when he saw the vision of the rapture, he just said, and listen, this is what happened. I saw bodies coming out of the ground to meet him in the air, to meet in the air the spirits that are with God. That's when they get their new body. And then we will be changed. This is all going to happen in a moment. In a moment, we will be changed. Your earthly body will change and be with the, uh, and you'll get your immortal body. There's some movies out that have tried to capture this. And if you go way back to Distant Thunder, back to, uh, come on, somebody help me. Left Behind, Thief in the Night. That would scared me to death, man. The Thief in the Night used to scare me to death. And then Kurt Cameron, you all know him from Family Ties? He came out with a series of movies called, those are the Left Behind. Those are the more newer ones, and he actually did a really good job. So if you want to binge, I don't know if they're on Netflix, Pure Flicks, What Flicks, but they're out there, I'm sure. They're called Left Behind Series. Go check them out. It's a good way to kind of visualize the end times, and it's good acting. Kirk Cameron's a great actor. Um, and they kind of did the whole thing, man. You know, the pilot is, is in the plane, and he gets taken in the rapture, and the co-pilot looks over, and he's just a pile of clothes there. Um, that kind of stuff is, was what's going to happen. So a little, little bit theo, theologically here and explanation of what's going to happen to our bodies, Paul writes again in 1 Corinthians, kind of explaining the, the change of the body. So everybody get that so far? So when we die, this is a little, little theology here, when you die, we're not in heaven getting our mansion and our rewards. That's not what's going on right now in heaven. My uncle who just passed away, uh, he's not in in uh, in his mansion. He's not given any assignments. He's not. He's in the presence of God, according to Revelations, worshiping the Most High God in His throne room. I mean, uh, John saw a multitude of people that were worshiping God before the twenty four elders, and he describes this breathtaking. Um, picture of what what is going on right now with the righteous dead, everyone that has died in faith with Jesus Christ, they are up in the presence of God. They are spirit, that's where they are. You and I can't talk to them, they don't come visit us, that's not biblical. We have the Holy Spirit that lives with us and lives with us, and we have memories, and, and I, I don't want to talk a whole lot about that. We miss him, we miss all of our loved ones, you know, and, and that, but that's where they are. In this moment, their spirits will be with God, and their bodies will be changed, and they'll get their new bodies. This is what happened when Jesus died, and Mary saw him in the garden, and Mary didn't recognize him. She said, are you the gardener? Everybody remember that? What have you done with my Lord? And he turned around and said her name, Mary. And when she heard him say her name, she then recognized him and ran. He said, touch me not, for I have not been with my father. That is... You look a little different, but you're going to be an eternal body. Then fast forward, he's with his disciples, and they're freaking out because it's Jesus is supposed to be dead. They watched him die a horrific death, but he rose from the dead, and he comes in there, and he sits down next to them on the beach, and he calls Peter back, and, they're, and he's making food. Remember that? And they said, are you a spirit? And he said, I'm not a spirit, Peter, for a spirit cannot eat and touch me for our a, uh, a spirit cannot eat food, but go ahead and touch me. I am flesh and bone. Flesh and bone. New flesh, new bone. And he actually eats. And, he's, and they're just staring at him. And I know he had to say, quit staring at me, Peter. It's me. Paul breaks it down and says, this is actually what happens. Go to the 1 Corinthians 1 if you got that, Ricky. 1 Corinthians 15, if you're taking notes. He explains the body change thing. Now I say to you, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. This is earthly flesh and blood. Cannot go into heaven. There's only two people in your Bible that were taken to heaven and did not die. Bible trivia. Anybody know who they are? Elisha and Enoch. Very good. 
There are also may appear two witnesses in Revelation. My personal opinion is that's who those two witnesses are. Others think it's not, but I think it's those two because they are not in heaven. God has somehow have them on hold, but they cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because corruption cannot corruption inherit uh, incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Now, Paul seen it, but he says, you know what? This is a mystery to me. I can only explain so much. God will only explain so much. You and I have to use faith on the rest. So, I tell you a mystery. I don't understand it all, guys, but listen. We shall not all die, but we will be changed. This is the rapture. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. It's so fast. The twinkling of an eye is, if you watch the Olympics, how every second and millisecond matters. This is like one of those milliseconds. It's an instantaneous, powerful, only God can do it. In other words, I want you to just to see this. When the rapture of the church happens, there's not going to be time to pray. There's not going to be time to get serious with God. There's not going to be time to email your mama, text message your son, your daughter, get on Facebook and say, you, bet, you ain't going to have no time. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible. The new bodies will come out of the ground. Paul said it's a mystery. I know you may think it's bizarre. But I'm telling you, our Jesus did it. He's the first fruits of what's going to happen to us. You're going to get a new body. How many is happy with that news? The older you get, you're like, yes, Jesus, bring it on. Amen. Come on. Going to have a new body. No more pain. No more needing uh, any kind of whatever you're taking. Amen. For the trouble, we'll be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Go on. For this corruptible, that's our body, must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. They were staring at Jesus. Jesus could walk through the walls. They, they were bizarre. They couldn't believe it. He ate with them. He talked with them. Thomas said, I ain't going to believe it. Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it unless I see it. And Jesus made a special trip just for him. Appeared to him and said, Thomas, put your hand in my hand. But when you do this, choose to believe that it is me. And Thomas touched his hand and said, well, now I believe. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Thomas, because you've got to see me and touch me. More blessed are those who haven't been able to see me and touch me, and yet they still believe. How many know that's you and me? That's you and me. But Jesus made an extra trip for Thomas who struggled with his faith. If you are struggling in your faith, I want you to know Jesus will make an extra trip just for you. If you will ask him. I could tell you story after story after some of my family that passed away and on their deathbed, the things they seen and the things they saw. I'll never in a million years, no one will ever convince me that the heaven is not real after seeing what I've seen some of my family members do on their last breath. I'll give you one because I know you want to know. My Uncle Chuck, he was my favorite uncle of all time. When he come by, we all, all the kids got to ride our bikes in the street because he let us ride in the street. How many have uncles that are really cool? I'm told I'm the coolest uncle in the family. But anyway, uh, <laughs> no, he was my favorite uncle, my Uncle Chuck, my mom's brother. Struggled with alcohol. He died of cirrhosis of the liver in his 30s. He was in and out of church, long story short, and he just, alcohol had a hold of his life. He got so bad he would drink uh, rubbing alcohol. He would drink aftershave. He, would, he, would, he needed, it was a sad case. At the end of his life, he got right with God. He even got called into the ministry. It was amazing. The family just was so impressed that God didn't heal him. He uh, still passed away with the cirrhosis of the liver, but that man was on fire for God. My Uncle Chuck was a man of God. He looked like about an eight-month pregnant woman. His liver and kidneys were just totally damaged by alcohol, and he would still, and people would gather by his bed, and he would just talk about the Lord. This man loved Jesus, and on the day that he died, it was on my grandma's birthday, which is his mom. So he looks over at his mom. My aunt brought him into her basement in Ecorse when they lived there, and in hospice, did the hospice at her house so he had his bed set up and we would all go play and he'd let us be around the bed and when he passed away he looked at his mom and said mom I loved you happy birthday but Jesus is here to get me and my uncle Chuck passed away that that's how he went out just like that I know my uncle Chuck is up there he's in heaven sometimes we get stories like that and I think God that's just God's ways of just bringing comfort to the family but the scripture teaches that the body can't go to heaven, basically is what that means. Go on to the next one. I don't know what, what, how far we're going to go here with this. For as in the days of the, no, so you also, when you see, okay, that's it on that. So he goes in 1 Corinthians 15, and he talks about, he talks about the bodies that 
you have to put on immortality. Okay, he just kind of breaks that down. Okay, so that's the rapture of the church when Jesus appears. We're going to talk a little bit more about it. Second question, when will it happen? It will happen April 20... No, I don't know. Go to Matthew 24. Jesus himself talks about the rapture, and this is what he says in Matthew 24, verse 32. He says, now learn this parable from the fig tree. Learn this parable from the fig tree. I like to get over there. When its branches are already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. He's talking about seasons. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near even at the door. I certainly, I say to you that this generation will by no means pass away until all these things take place. In other words, if this is really, really the end times that we are living in, all the events that Jesus has been teaching, he says all of it is going to happen within one generation's lifetime. If it's really the end, it's not going to be over thousands of years. When this thing really begins to wind up, and if it's really the end of the time, and Jesus is really getting ready to come back, all these events that he talks about in Matthew 24 and 25, which is right before he went to the cross, which technically it's right around this time of year, because we're about a month out from Good Friday when he died. So literally Jesus is telling these parables during this time of year to his disciples. As he got closer to the end of his ministry, he began to talk more about the end times and talk about those parables. So he's talking about this uh, as he goes on, that it's going to be in one generation. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. But on that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, only my Father in heaven. So it is impossible for anyone to know the day or hour when Jesus is coming back. If somebody tells you they know when Jesus is coming back and they give you a date or hour, tell them they need to quit smoking drugs. Because there's a scripture right here that says no man knows the day or the angels don't even know. Only the heavenly Father knows those times. But, if I say but, big but right here. But, Jesus says you're going to know some things. Just like you can tell when the fig tree is bud, just like right now you can look outside, you can tell spring's coming. We may get snow next week, but how many know spring's still coming? We know how to tell. Jesus says, you'll, tell, you'll know when I'm getting close to return because of the seasons of the time that you're living in. Well, what's the seasons going to look like, Pastor Eddie? Well, I'm glad you asked me that. Because he says, oh, it's going to be just like the days of Noah, verse 37. Just like the days of Noah, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. How was the days of Noah? You can go back to Genesis and read it. But right here he says, as in the days of Noah, of the flood, they were eating and drinking. Eating and drinking is a, is a phrase that you'll see throughout the Bible. They used it in the ancient world, in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament. It simply meant, it was an expression of having dinner. When we say, hey, want to come over for dinner? We don't say, hey, Carl, I want to come over to, to eat and drink. We don't really use that terminology, but we'll say, hey, you want to come over for dinner? So eat and drink is, is, a, is a feast, it's a festival, it's a time to eat dinner. That's what he's saying. So they'll have eating and drinking, marrying and giving into marriage until the day Noah entered their ark. What does that mean? They're still not including God in their everyday life. They're not paying any attention to what's going on in the world. They're just, they're not turning to God at all. They're just going on with life. They're not even looking to God. The day, Noah was saying, guys, it's going to rain. Get in the boat. It's going to rain. They're like, Noah, man, you're crazy. I don't believe you. I don't believe you, Noah. Noah went from being a lunatic to a genius. When that first drop of rain fell. Let me just tell you, Christians, you and I living for God, some people may think we're a lunatic. Because what we do with our time, our money, our talent... Because we don't get all crazy and we don't go here and we go. Some people may think you're a, you're a lunatic. You keep serving Jesus because one day we're going to look like a genius. I'm just t- telling you. The Bible says when that rain began to fall, they come running to the boat and said, "Okay." But God said, "Now it's too late." For 120 years, you had your time, you had your test, and you rejected me. So as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man, eating and drinking. Verse 39, they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken. The other one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken. The other one left. Two people will be at Starbucks. One will be taken. The other one left. Two people will be at River of Life. One will be taken. One will be left. There's a video, if you want to go look at a video called The Rapture. 
It was put out by a church in England. This church put together this. I was going to show it. You have to YouTube it. They put this together, and it's an amazing video. Maybe I'll show it next week. How many would like to see it if I showed you a video of a rapture? All right, I'll show you next week. Okay. He says, then two men, then he, look, verse 42. So what do we do, Pastor Eddie? You watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour the Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief was going to come, he would have watched, and he would have not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also, here's the key word, be ready. Underline that. Be ready. Stay ready. You don't got to get ready. Be ready. For the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not know why. You, You do not know. So as it was in the days of Noah, they ignored the signs. They refused to live for God. And they were very, very wicked. The days of Noah, the Bible, many scholars believe that there were literally just as many people on the earth, six, seven uh, billion in the ancient world as there were today. And there was only one, listen to this, this will shock you. These are Bible scholars, and I was just reading this, believe that Noah and his family were literally the only family living for God. What does it say in Genesis? That the, even the, it was so wicked on the earth that even the thoughts and the imaginations of men were only wicked all the time. Now, I'm not talking about having a bad thought because we all have a thought life that we, that we constantly got to put under the blood. Is it just me with the microphone or does everybody have that struggle? Come on, somebody, right? You're constantly going, what? you doubting God. You're having these crazy thoughts. I mean, all the time. That's part of living. The Bible says they, in all the time, they just wanted that kind of a, a thought. They were so wicked. That's pretty messed up. We think it's bad now. That's how bad it was. So, as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to be that bad here. Okay? So then he goes on and he says also, and he gives, a, he gives an analogy. And then he talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. It's just as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. There will also be God's judgment on the earth, okay? No one knows the day or the hour. So that pretty much sums it up there. Uh, how we know when it's going to happen is we don't know the day or the hour, but we do know the seasons. I gave you the signs last week. These are more signs that he's talking about here. Now I want to go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Go with me to 2 Thessalonians. I'm going to show you one more thing. Just a little bit of what I think is going on today. This is, everyone, you know, is asking, is this the battle of Gog and Magog? I don't know. What is that? No, I, I'm just kidding. I know what that is. Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's talk a little bit more about the season of the return of Christ, the days of Noah. He kind of gives us a picture here, and this is kind of like what I think is happening today. And I'm going to kind of wrap this all up here in just a minute. Are you with me so far? Still with me? I almost want to open up for questions. I mean, this is how bad I want you to get it. And I know we are recording because we are putting these Wednesday nights on our podcast. So if you don't know our podcast, go find it. Subscribe to it. And our Wednesday nights and our Sundays are on our podcast, too, if you like to listen while you work out or whatever. Um, Podcasts are good. These Wednesday nights are going on there. So I know there may be people listening that don't even know the Lord uh, or just are seeking answers. And I, I want to try. That's why I'm really being plain and um, not real deep, because you can get deep in some of this. Because I want people to get it that God is in control. Jesus has a plan, and I don't understand it all. I don't. Even Paul the apostle said, "I don't understand it all." But I just know life with God is better. However, this thing is going to end up. I don't know that life with God is better. Just believe in Jesus that He is the Messiah. You don't have to understand all of this stuff. But then he gives us a picture of what it's going to look like about the Antichrist. Now, I'm not going to take time and go into the Antichrist. I'll take a whole week on him and the false prophet and kind of show you and tell you what the Bible does talk about this one world leader. He's going to be the, the most evil dictator in human history. But he's not going to come out like that. He's going to come out as a very smart, brilliant man with all of the answers. He's not going to have a sign that says, I'm the Antichrist. He's not going to have that at all. I believe he's going to be more like an, an aide or a, what do you call them, that kind of hang out with the presidents. He's going to be someone like that that's not going to be a man in authority yet. He's going to be an, an aide or an ambassador kind of a guy for the first three and a half years. And then he's going to step in. So there has to be something that takes place on planet Earth for the kingdoms 
and the governments and the nations of the world to welcome a one world leader. They're not right now. Everybody likes their own kingdom. So something has got to happen. And you'll kind of see where I'm going with this. Paul says in Second, in second Thessalonians chapter 2, Brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our gathering together to him. What's he talking about? The rapture. He says, we ask you not to be soon shaken or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as it's from us, as though the day of Christ had already come. There were some people saying, because Rome was coming down on the Jews, killing Jews. And it was almost like a modern, it was almost like an Adolf Hitler situation. And they said, truly, this is the Antichrist. Truly, this is the end times. We must have missed a rapture. So Paul is saying, no, 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 you didn't miss the rapture. It's bad, but it's going to get worse, and the good's going to get better, and then Jesus is going to come. He's saying it's bad. You didn't miss the rapture. I remember growing up, I always heard about the rapture. I always was so scared. I'd come home, and my mom and dad would go for walks. That means both their cars were there, but they were gone. And I'm 12 years old, and I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. And I would run to the phone, and I knew exactly who to call in my church, who would be there and who would, (laughs) if the rapture did happen. That's so funny. It's so true. And then other times we'd get new kids to the church. Our church was in e-course. And I would always freak them out. We'd talk about the rapture after church. And I knew when Great Lakes Steel would pour the steel. And when they pour the steel over there, the whole sky turned orange. And so I would sit there. True story. Our church, my dad's church on Saliat Street in e-course. And I'd lean up against the brick building. And I would start talking about the end times. You know, the Antichrist is going to come. And, and Satan's on the earth. And these, you know, we're like 10. And they're all like, you know. And then I'd get them looking. And that big glow that Great Lake Steel would pour. And I'd go, whoa, the rapture. They'd look up and I'd slide between the pine tree and the brick wall. I was a demon pastor's kid. And I remember, I remember looking through them trees, man, the branches. And the Johnson family was this huge family. There were like a 12 kids. And uh, I remember their little eyes were so big. They were so afraid. Ran in the house, cried that they missed a rapture. Then I got grounded. <laughs> Paul says, listen, you didn't miss a rapture. You didn't miss it. Let no one deceive you, verse 3. Okay, let's see, as though they cried. Okay, let no one deceive you. This is serious. Let's, let's get this. Uh, for the day will not come unless what let's let's write this down let's underline this unless two things unless the falling away comes first and everybody say and now this is where some people get get caught up and the man of sin is revealed so what does that mean does that mean the rapture is not going to happen until the great falling away happens and the man is revealed then it happens or does it mean the great falling away the antichrist and then the rapture That's why there are so many different beliefs, because you can literally read that verse either way. I know I got you on the spot. Go home tonight, listen to what I just said, and read that again, and you you can see it both ways. But if you keep reading the Bible, the Bible interprets itself. And this is what people don't do. They won't keep keep reading the Bible. If you get stuck, keep reading the Bible. It interprets itself. So, you're going to have a great falling away. We already covered that last week. People's hearts getting hard. As it was in the days of Noah, people saying, hey, man, you need, to get, you need to turn your life to Jesus. Man, I ain't need no Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I ain't living for Jesus. And their hearts are hard. That's a falling away. And then the lawlessness one, the Antichrist, we call him, will appear. Okay? Paul said those, those two things are happening. And what does he do? He opposes and he exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Many believe that place temple is like a holy place. Some believe it's a literal temple uh, in the middle in Israel. But it, many also say it's a, it's a position like the Pope. It, it's a very hierarchy position of, in the religious world. But he's going to sit there showing himself as he is God. Do you not remember that when I was with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is... Now, here it is. Please listen to these. Verse 6 and verse 7 is so important. He said, And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. So there's someone, something that is holding back the Antichrist from being revealed to planet Earth. Everybody see that? Are you with me? For the mystery... Again, it's a mystery. 
Paul is just telling us the revelation he received. He, he's just saying it's still it's a mystery of lawless is already at work. The deep things of the Spirit are just mysterious there. He said they're already at work. How many would say amen to that? Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. These evil acts and random acts of violence that's going on in our world and in New York, have you guys been seeing it? That is, that is demonic. That's not someone being mean. That's demonic to attack a 60-year-old woman, a nurse, and beat her half to death. And they caught it on film in the subways of New York. Uh, a man punching a five-year-old kid at a subway. You guys been watching those videos? It's just a crime. It's just people, they, they don't know what they're bringing in. Psychologists, psychiatrists, they can't understand why violence is just being so heinous and evil in some of our states. And they blame it in political leaders. All this, but I'm telling you, it is an evil Thing that is happening and they're catching these people and they're not loony and they can't explain it no it's demonic you got mean people and then you got another level cut you up kind of weird that's demonic the bible calls that demonic okay this lawlessness is going to be everywhere he says and then he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way And then the lawlessness one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to to the working of Satan and with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so that they will be saved. So for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should not believe the lie. And they uh, all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasant and unrighteousness. So it's, it's, I mean, it's really bad stuff there, what he's happened. Because they did not believe in Jesus, they're going to receive this this man who's going to have an ability to do signs and wonders. Actually, he's going to have a sidekick, and he's going to be be a, uh, a religious man. So let me break it down to you like this. So the Antichrist is going to be a political guy. He's going to be a leader. And he's, he's going to have a man with him that's going to be a religious man. He's called the false prophet. They're in Revelations 13, 16, 17. They're all in there. But I want to back up here for a minute. I, want to go, I don't want to get too far into that. The part where he says that there is someone that's holding them back, this is what I believe. Throughout history, there has been many attempts for a one-world dictator to try to emerge. I'm talking Napoleon. I'm talking Google dictators in history. I did just to see how many. There were some I haven't even heard of. What is that? That is Satan's attempt to, re- to raise up his Messiah, his Antichrist. He, I believe Adolf Hitler was one. And so what happens is the world, the, the enemy, tries to cause chaos on planet Earth through wars. What's happening right now? What's happening in World War I, World War II? He tries to create chaos by using evil men so that we are totally chaotic. And then he will raise up a man who's going to have all the answers, who's going to say, hey, I know how to solve these problems. He's going to be a smooth-talking dude. He's not going to be a religious guy. He's just going to be a very smart man. They're going to listen to him. They're going to be desperate to hear. If someone stood up right now and said, i got an answer how to shut Putin down right now, do you know the U.N. would welcome him right now? It's going to be something like that times 10 because now the rest of the world ain't really dealing with Ukraine. It's just really Ukraine. But if the rest of the world was in enough chaos, they would welcome in somebody. This is exactly what the devil has been trying to do since Jesus rose from the dead. What has stopped him every time? The church. Every time World War I, every time, every war that has ever happened, including now, the church begins to pray. And when the church begins to pray, you start hearing miracles that come. We're hearing from Ukraine, where missiles are just disappearing in the earth, in the sky where Convoy of Hope are reporting where they almost ran out of macaroni for one of the refugee camps. They had over thousands and thousands of people there. They had only enough macaroni to feed like 100 people, and they prayed, and they just kept serving macaroni to all the entire 2,000 and 3,000 refugees. Come on, give God some praise for that. 
These are the stories. These are the stories that's coming out of Ukraine. I mean, so much has happened. The news only, only going to tell you what's going on. But there's miracles happening. People are getting saved. There are uh, military things are falling apart for the Russia. I mean, it's almost like what's happening. It's like because the church is praying. The church is praying. If this is not the end, then what's happening, this is just another attempt of Satan to try to cause chaos on planet Earth so he can cause his, his Antichrist guy to come on the scene. If that's the case, if this is the end, that means the rapture of the church is the next thing that can happen, and it could happen at any moment. That's the main point. If it's not, guess what? We're going to keep praying. God's going to shut this down somehow. It's going to just fizzle out somehow. Someone's going to take Putin out. I don't know how it's going to end. But if it's just another war, then it's going to end out like that. We will finally get back to our life. I think life's going to be a little different anyway, but, I mean, this is the way it is. And we're just going to continue on and live our life. Either way, if we're in Christ, we're going to be okay. Are you with me? That's what I believe all these, all these dictators throughout history have tried to be. Satan is trying to raise up his, his man. And if the world gets crazy enough, this man's going to come up. He's going to be an advisor. That's the name I'm looking for. He's going to come into the UN. And there's only going to be like a handful of nations left. Everybody else is in war. Everybody else is devastated. you got natural disasters. you got everything happening. It's getting worse and worse. And this dude's going to come on the scene. He's going to have all these answers. You're going to say, listen to him. And he's going to step up and say, i got a seven-year plan. This is a seven-year plan. Everyone's going to have peace. We're going to all have a two-car garage in every home. We're going to be making bank. This is everybody's going to be happy. Health care for everybody. I mean, everything's going to be going to be nice. And then he's going to have another man that's going to be a religious man. He's going to have the answer and the ability to bring all the religions of the world to one religion. He's going to talk like, you know what, we got too much division in all these religions. Christians are a little bit too fanatical on this. Muslims are a little bit fanatical on We need to all come together. It's one God. He's going to start saying that, and then you're going to start uniting all these religions, and he's going to end up doing that, and that's going to be a false prophet. Plus, he's going to have ability to do miracles right in front of people, and they're just going to eat it up like crazy. But according to the Bible, if you are pre-trib, which I am anyway, I hope, we're going to miss that, but we may see a little bit of the, of the forming of what's happening. So why is the rapture going to happen? Let me end with that. Because 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, he talks about, I'm not going to read all of that. He simply says that we are not appointed for wrath. When all hell breaks out on this planet, God said, my people ain't going to be there. Just like Noah wasn't there when the flood, he was safe and sound in the ark. Just like it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. When everything really, really gets bad, God will make sure that his people are taken care of. Those that are left on the earth, they got to deal with this stuff. This man's going to come up. He's going to have his own economic system. You're going to have to have a mark in your right hand or on your forehead. You won't be able to buy, sell, or trade except for he who has the mark. Child, adults, you have to have this mark that's on your hand. He's going to make it a law. And if you don't have it, you won't eat. But it's going to be attached to his religion. You're not just going to take a mark so you can buy groceries. If you take that mark, you are actually signing off and denying your faith and accepting his new one world religion. And if you don't receive his one world religion, then there will be tribulation and there'll be, there'll be beheading people and persecution. It's really, really, really bad. And Revelations talks about that. And he gets into some deeper stuff. But we won't be there if we are living for Christ. So what do we do now, Pastor Eddie? Luke 21 says this. Take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing. That's careless living, drunkenness, the cares of this life. So that day will come upon you unexpectedly. For it came as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. It will come. Watch therefore and pray so that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. That's the rapture of the church. Okay? So what do we do? This is the the thing that I live by. Our family, I've taught this all, all my life. We plan, I plan that Jesus is not going to come back in my lifetime. I plan that he's not, but I'm prepared if he does. That's how you live. I don't know. This thing may fade out. And someone may take care of Putin. We may get back to life eventually, hopefully this summer, and I'm good with that. I'm, I'm going to plan to do that. I plan on being here. 
I'm turning 50, not 80, not 100. I plan on living as long as I can. Amen? That's what I'm planning. But I'm prepared if Jesus comes tonight. And that's how you live. Work your jobs, go on vacation, have a good time, enjoy this beautiful day we're going to have tomorrow. But look up. I look at them skies sometimes and I picture, how is that going to look, man? When I was a kid, I had dreams about the rapture. It's going to be an amazing event. And I hope everybody's going. (laughs) Amen? Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you didn't leave us uh, blind with no instruction, but Lord, you showed us and told us how all of this is going to end up and for us to be ready and to pray and just be close to you. And so, Father, Lord, this isn't to frighten us, but to comfort us that, God, you have a plan and everything is going to play out the way you say it. I don't understand it. No one really understands everything, but we just trust in you, God, and we follow you. And I pray that will be the case for everybody here tonight or listening on our podcast, Lord. They will trust in you as their Lord and Savior. And let me just say this, if you're still listening to our podcast or those of you that are here in the building, if you need to receive Jesus Christ in your heart so you know that you're ready, all it is is simply a decision that you believe. You choose, like Thomas chose to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You just choose to believe in Jesus. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you just ask him to forgive you of all of your sins. You can say, dear God, forgive me of all of my sins. Wash me clean. Sin is destructive to me, and you don't want me to have it in my life because you love me. Help me to turn away from those sins that are destructive to me, but that have a hold of my life. Set me free from them. Give me your grace because I'm not perfect. Give me your grace so that I can live for you. And for the rest of my life, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen